anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring. And we will do it together. Hello and welcome to Cruising Together, the show that is real, fun, and inspiring. And we will do it together. <laughs> We're talking about the films of Tom Cruise in chronological order, episode by episode, movie by movie. I am one of your hosts, Greg Schiegel. I'm your other host, Chris Jeruso. And today our guest is John Green. Yeah, you're right. I was going to do the introduction differently. John, before you say anything, <laughs> I was going to go, here's John Green. Oh, you want to start over? No, it's been, it's not, let's just, just do it. Go ahead and do it. So today we have a guest. Can you uh, get, tell us a little bit, give our guest a, a proper intro, if you will. Here's John Green. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's it. That's yeah. It. Just like the guy from that television <laughs> okay, I, show. That's right. I'm, See? I'm here. I should have said I'm it. Here. Here's John Green. Yeah, right. uh, I think that was a little bit better. Better. That was a little better. Damn, I'm fired. <laughs> I can't be the announcer on this show anymore. Greg. Yeah. So I'm now the sole host of the Cruising Together podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because you just got fired. Superseded. You Take just, it away. You just fired yourself. Take it away. Well, what I Th- wanted to talk quick, to you right? about. You, used to, you had an intern at one point, too, and now you're down to just one employee. <laughs> that yeah, maybe it's time to, you know, <laughs> it's time to give Jeff a call. Can't. No. Okay, well, Greg, <laughs> as long as I've got you here, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about something. Sure, I'm listening. Uh, an opening has uh, become available as a co-host for the show. Would you like that position? I'll take it. All right, welcome <laughs> to the Cruising Together podcast with Sweet. me, your host, Chris Jeruso. And I'm your other host, Greg Schiegel. Brand new, brand new host. And today's guest episode. is John Green. Yes. I was going to say, here <laughs> is John Green. Hey, John. That's welcome. Good. I think Chris, Chris, Chris got it. Chris Nailed got it? it. No, that's why he's Nailed the host it. and I'm the Nailed co-host. It. Indeed. Chris, why don't you plug your headphones into the play headphone extension like we've done for 17 previous episodes? <laughs> what are you talking about? You have your headphones plugged into here when if you plug them into here, you can lean back I like a true gangster. I can hear you just fine. <laughs> All right. I just want you to be comfortable. Don't tell him what to do. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like the host of the show should be comfortable as the host. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, well, last time I checked, you're the only one of us that's ever been fired <laughs> from this show. Well, that's not true. Jeff was fired. Yeah, well. Well, he was never on the show. You hired him. I fired him. Uh. I guess I wasn't fired so much as I resigned and then was rehired. <laughs> but I did say fired, so the record is clear. Yeah, fired you were myself. fired by fire one of the hosts. John, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. What do you What do you want to tell people about yourself that they don't already know? Um, well, I'm not sure exactly what your <laughs> listeners. Our listeners know are well me. aware that you are the artist of the hit comic book graphic novel, Teen Boat. That is true. I am the artist of Teen Boat, the only graphic novel about a teenager that can transform into a small yacht. The angst of being a teen 
and the thrill of being a boat. That is true. Those are two things. Those are that's the tagline. All in one. Two All things in one. in one. Like uh, like that that toothpaste, mentadent. <laughs> right. Yeah, mentadent. <laughs> it's got the two different <laughs> tubes. Isn't that what it's called? It's a blue and a white, and they they tube out together. Wait, you're sure you're not thinking of uh, like epoxy? <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> what, like what you're resin. thinking of is Aquafresh. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about. That's three in one. That's white, green, and red. Oh. Everybody, look up Mentadent. Oh, then I, then you're, I know what you're thinking of. What am I thinking of? You're thinking of uh, candy canes. <laughs> Bingo. Candy canes as tooth toothpaste is absolutely right. Yes. So now, John, you're on this episode. Yes. Because you chimed in on the internet. Yes. The World Wide Web. To say, I've got stuff to say about a certain <laughs> Tom Cruise movie. That's true. And that movie is Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. And as we have started to do on this show, I think we should tell people what the movie's about in the a brief, tradi- the new tradi- yeah, a brief round robin summary. Exactly. So, <laughs> the way this works is we will round robin style, sentence uh-huh. by sentence, recap okay. the plot of Mission Impossible. Wait, is this like is this like a telephone game where you say like one word and then not a word, a sentence? Okay. So we will start and we'll we'll loop you in and we'll just go round and round. Okay. And recap the plot of this movie. Now I believe, Chris, I started last time with okay. interview with the vampire. I think. Does that mean I start this time? You start this time. Go to me. We go to John and round and round. All right. So. Yes. Chris. Are you ready to begin this adventure? Yes. Go. (laughs) Ethan Hunt, played by Tom Cruise, is a top-secret spy and part of a group of other top-secret spies who have an impossible mission (laughs) to solve, period. Ethan and his team, led by Jim Phelps, an old man, (laughs) are are, are... tasked to stop the transmission of a knock list, which is a list of agents and their code names, period. The mission is a setup, and um, and then Tom Cruise screws everything up for everyone <laughs> except for himself. The end. <laughs> what? <laughs> how how accurate? That's the end of the movie. How accurate are we summing this all what? up? What? Huh? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yes, it's a setup. So Tom Cruise goes rogue, then steals the real list, and actually puts everyone's lives in danger. <laughs> At some point, you have to say period. <laughs> period. All right. <laughs> Tom Cruise hopes that with the real knock list, he will be able to flush out the real conspirator and the real and the real traitor amongst their group, and bring them to justice and save the day for all involved, including the people whose lives he had inadvertently put in danger. Period. <laughs> the thing is, this mission that went south was a mole hunt. And it made yes. Ethan Hunt upset. 
but not as upset as he could have been, because he could have been very upset. He pulls together a new team of disavowed agents, because Ethan Hunt himself is disavowed, and they proceed to uncover the mystery of who is the real mole, period. (laughs) Uh, then, yes, so then they steal the list, (laughs) they steal the real list, and then they get on the channel, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, and then they they give the list to the bad guy, and the other bad guy's revealed, and then, (laughs) (laughs) like, really, summing up the movie is, I don't know... (laughs) I, I, you know, this this will all come back when I go into my rant about how none of this should even have happened in the movie. The end. Period. Period. <laughs> it's not the end until the movie is recapped completely. Chris, continue. <coughs> Ethan successfully reveals the mole and saves the day. Well, let me back up. Ethan reveals that the mole is, in fact, Jim Phelps. Jim Phelps, played by John Voight, who was the team leader and is able to uh, uh, save the day, period. (laughs) And then it all appears that everything's happy. Ethan Hunt is on a plane. He's kind of retired. He's like, I'm done. And then a lady comes up and says, can I interest you in a film from the Bahamas? And then that music starts up again, and Ethan Hunt is back in the game because he's awesome. (laughs) The end, period. So all of our listeners at this point should be completely caught up to speed and know exactly beat for beat how this movie (laughs) unfolded. Well, yeah, of course. So that that ends our round-robin recap plot situation (laughs) (laughs) now I want to say John Green has a lot of opinions about this movie so much so that he could not even focus let's just get right to it no no before we get to that there's something something I want to talk about (laughs) I want to talk about this now this music yeah is what plays during the end credits of this movie. This is the U2 version. You're damn right. It's the U2 version. This is the Mission Impossible theme as composed, performed by Adam Clayton and Larry Mullins Jr. of the band U2. I feel like we could give a little time and energy to discussing U2 and their involvement with this movie. Does Bono and the Edge have nothing to do with this? As far as I know, Bono and the Edge have nothing to do with this. Ah, okay. So is it fair to say that U2 did this song? What does it say in the credits? Like It's credited to Adam Clayton and Larry oh, Mullins really? Jr., okay. which I guess is their moment in the sun, right? I guess. Like, they are the least famous of the members of U2. <laughs> the least famous, and their most famous moment is a cover <laughs> of a song yeah. from a television show. Right. Now, is it your favorite U2 song? Let's say, let's loop it into the U2. Wait, so we're saying it is U2. Yeah, let's, counting this let's count it as U2. U2. Yeah. What what are some other covers that they've done? I feel like we should we should that you two has done yeah that you two what are what are some covers of songs they've done? Uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
Where it was originally a, ba- a Bobby Darin tune. Oh, really? Yeah. Of course. I did. I totally don't remember that. Yeah. Well, Sunday so Bloody Sunday, also Bobby Darin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man. I always thought you two had something to say, but, you know. No, it's all Bobby Darin. Turns out. It's weird that they have not covered uh, the, the When the Shark Bites song. What's that one called? Mac, Mac the, the Knife. Knife. Mac the Knife. That's the one. You'd think I would know that song off the top of my... I, I, I know the more popular version, Mac Tonight. Which is <laughs> sure. Mac Tonight, the old the McDonald's singing, guy. The singing moon. He was weird, right? The singing moon? You're yeah. talking about the commercial from 1988? <laughs> Are you? Is or that? 1986. I don't know. I think it's 86. So somewhere around then. So you're saying it would be 10 it was years the before pre, this movie. It was the pre-I'm loving it days for McDonald's. Oh, it was definitely the pre-I'm loving it. It was like yeah. Mac Tonight versus Herb the Nerd. <laughs> Anybody remember Herb the Nerd? Tell no, us I about Herb, Herb the Nerd. Herb the Nerd was a, a Burger King. Herb the Nerd? Nerd. Nerd? Nerd with a B? No, with a D. Did Herb? he incite someone to kill people, or is that just the Noid? That's the Noid. <laughs> Herb the Nerd. Oh, Herd the Nerd. <laughs> like, you could hear it. Nerd Herd? You could hear Herb the Nerd. Listen, I didn't say Burger King was good at rhyming. So who heard the Nerd? I think it's Herb. Herb the Nerd? They only pronounce the H in England. Yes, it's true. Right? Yeah, they do only pronounce the H in England. So Herb the Nerd was a promotion from Burger King that if you found Herb the Nerd at your Burger King eating a Whopper, you won something. <laughs> None of you remember this? No. I do not remember this. <laughs> this was real. This was real, and it was fun, and it was inspiring like this oh. show. You sure this isn't something your parents just told you to like keep you busy while, I'm you're a, at <laughs> while I was at Burger King? Keep an eye out for Herb the Nerd? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> go find Herb. 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 We were yes, not in England. Herb. We weren't in England, man. Is that why everyone started calling people Herbs? Like, oh, that guy's such a Herb. Maybe. Because that was a thing for a while. That was a thing. Instead of calling him a geek or a nerd. What's it say on Urban Dictionary? That guy's a herb. I'm not looking up Urban Dictionary right now. (laughs) We can make it up. Okay. You're going to start an entry. I think if there's not one now, there'll be an entry for Herb on Urban Dictionary. I would sooner look up Urbane Dictionary (laughs) and see what they said about it. Is there a rural dictionary? There should be. If not, John has already bought the domain, so nobody try and get it. It's been purchased. I bet the urban people already have it redirect to rural, rural like rural dictionary. But urban and rural are very different. Well, that's true, but I bet it redirects to urban dictionary. All right, now I will look that up. <laughs> that's worth looking up. Right, Chris? How about suburban dictionary? That's Yeah, there you go. Whew, that's a lot to look up. Hold on. Let me look up rural dictionary to start. Right, that's what I'm looking up? Yes. Rural... Is there dictionary. a plural dictionary? How about inner city dictionary? You guys can talk while I'm looking stuff up. Outer borough dictionary. The, but that ruins the suspense. Yeah, but people are listening. We have John listeners. Green, when's Here the first the time you saw Mission Impossible? I saw it in the theater. So in 1996. 96? Yes. And I probably saw it a couple of times. Um on TV or whatever after that not many but I haven't I probably haven't seen it in 10 years at least until okay. I saw it just this week thus your expert up. method of 
round robin <laughs> yes, summarization yes. technique. Well, it all came flooding back watching the movie and just you know the 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 anger boiling in my head. So, what was it? <laughs> what was it that made you angry? Before we get to that, well, okay, I, so. I want to leave no thread uncut. It does redirect to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> oh, I know. What do and you I would know? like to say I saw Mission Impossible for the very first time in the theater, summer '96, when I was an intern at Marvel Comics uh-huh. at a movie theater on Long Island in Belmore. I think it's what I did for my 21st birthday. A thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it. First of all, happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. John? Ha- yes, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I thought it was like when someone sneezes. You know, what once, else once you someone on says, 23rd God bless you. 23rd? No 22nd? 21st. Forget it. Let's move on. <laughs> Jeez. It's almost like it doesn't even matter. John. Yes. You hate this movie with a passion well, that can light a thousand okay. dynamite sticks to start a Mission Impossible. I, I will say I, I before, disliked Before it. we get to that, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say Tom Cruise got himself into incredible shape That's in this true. movie. Speaking of Tom Cruise. However, he made himself look very young, too. However, I don't think this is actually the movie. All along, I've been saying, yeah, when no, that movie not. came out. It's, it's not. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even take off his shirt. I know. Is this the first one where he doesn't take? No, his Legend shirt? is the first one where he doesn't take off his shirt. Wait, he doesn't. Th- oh well, I guess he's. It's all open though, so it's like. Legend open. Seems like, it seems like he's shirtless the whole he's time. Not, but he's. But never he has shirtless. like a vest of whatever. Yeah, he's got that like a tunic. Kind of counts as. It's not as open as you think covering. it is. He's he's wearing a vest in The Outsiders, an open vest. Oh, that's true. But it was, it was Mission Impossible 2. Yes, he gets into great shape. That everybody said he got in great shape for. And it's because he's doing uh, that rock climbing. Yes. And he's hanging from one hand. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's true. All true. Everything you're saying is 100% true. Right. Now, I will say. I will say. he's, st- But still. No, I will say. Really no, good. I will no, say. No, I'm going to say it. No, I will say. I, John, who will say? say this? What, what are you saying? I will say. And Chris says he will say. So, wait. I don't know what's <laughs> going to be said, but I have to pick one. I'll have to. I, I, I will... Um, I'll go with the host. The host. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> so I will say, <laughs> as as the host who most recently hired that's true a new acquisition to our team, which makes me in charge and the boss. You are. You're like Charles. Makes me the CEO. Yes. <laughs> although my voice is cracking. Uh, you could be a young boss. You know what? I don't think my voice can hold out. You better say it. Greg, say. Say. Here's something else about Tom Cruise. His real full name <laughs> is Thomas Cruise Maypother the Fourth. It's not Ethan Hunt. That's not his real name. Is that how you say May- Maypother? Yeah, we figured uh, that out. It's Maypother. Mother? It rhymes with Maybother. Okay. Or sounds like Maybother. Yeah, it rhymes. Rhymes. <laughs> rhymes is the word I'm looking for, right? Sure. Yeah. Rhymes with what? Why not? Maybother. Maybother. Maypother. Maypother. Yeah. Maypother. Say, father. Say, father. Maypother. Yeah. Lay. Dother. Lay dother. Lay dother. Common phrase. Uh. Sure. Uh, Lay Jabba. No bother. Lay <laughs> <laughs> Jabba. No bother. What's the name of the character from uh, Better Off Dead? Was that guy's name? No, from Say Anything? Oh, that girl's father. What is that dude's name in Say Anything? John Cusack. What's his character's name? John Cusack. Bingo. 
John Cusack's character's name? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's a, you know what? Good, because this, this is not a John Cusack <laughs> this podcast. The, yeah. This is not a sack of Cusack. <laughs> sack of Cusack? Yeah. What would you call the John Cusack show? Cusack and together? <laughs> In the Cusack is pretty good. <laughs> Get in the Cusack. I call it Cusackity Sack. <laughs> <laughs> don't come back. One episode and out. All right. Chris, what John were you Green say? needs yes. to release his aggression. Before we anger. get to, okay. before we get to that, that. before we get to that, Chris, what were you going to say? I was going to say when you ceded the floor to me to say what I was going to say. Okay, what I was going to say was, in all fairness, Tom Cruise was in excellent shape in this movie. He was an ex- he was not shirtless. He was in excellent shape. He ran from those fish really well. He ran from those fish. He ran. Let's talk about running from the fish. Wait a second. Before we do. Before we get to that. He hung from that rope, you know, with the Ben Stiller action at the MTV Music Awards. Just like Ben Stiller. <laughs> Just like Ben Stiller. Yeah. The stunt that Ben Stiller made famous, Tom Cruise <laughs> right. recreated in Mission Impossible. That's right. Okay. John? Yeah. You have 40 seconds. <laughs> 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 your mission, John, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to rant and rave about Mission Impossible without making us interrupt you because we disagree oh, so vehemently. Geez. Okay, well, this it's This podcast will self-destruct in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> uh, so, so, the... Um, Objection. Oh, come on. <laughs> Overruled. Um, so this is this is one of those movies where at the end of it you look back and can be like, wait a minute, why did any of this happen? Why did these characters do this thing? There was absolutely no reason that he needed to steal the actual knock list. Like he's told that oh, it's a mole setup by Kittredge. Yeah, he's like, you know, the the mission fails, everyone dies except for him. He meets up with Kittredge, and he's like, oh, it's a mole hunt, and we suspect it was you because three weeks ago, $120,000 or whatever was input to your your aunt and or your uncle and mother's bank account. And so we know it's you, and the actual list that was stolen is a fake, and it's got a tracking device, and we're going to catch the real people. And so Tom Cruise is like, well, screw that. I'm going to steal the real list. I'm going to tell the actual criminals it's a fake. And I'm going to break into Langley to steal this, putting the actual real list in danger so that I can capture capture the people that you guys were going to capture anyway, except for the fact that I warned them about it. And every step of the way, like every little clue that they reveal kind of makes this entire plan unravel. Like, so he goes to Max. First, he he emails Max and is like, he figures out, oh, job 314 is actually Job 314 from the Bible because he sees a Bible on the shelf. He's like, oh, Job. So I'm going to email on Usenet everyone named Max saying it's from Job 314. And then and then Max gets back to him and you know he's like oh the list is a fake so it's Max not just is, Max it's Max at Job three one four Max at yeah for, but it's dot <laughs> com dot com well no it's like dot whatever check Usenet to see if someone's group. got that domain by <laughs> like, the way like it's every single Usenet group 
that he could find, he emails to a max at that Usenet group. Right. Um, and then and then Max is like, oh, okay, you know, come on by and tell me what this thing is. And he's like, the list that you have is a fake. It's got a tracking device. And they have it. They have that disc. It's a covered in blood. They have it. Now, if Jim Phelps, who we know is the bad guy, had given them that, well, actually it would have been Krieger because it's revealed later on that Krieger is the one that took the disc. So he could have delivered it in person. At what point did they pay Jim Phelps? Who delivers, like who in the criminal organization would deliver something to someone without getting paid for it? So Jim Phelps was doing this for $6 million, which is like nothing. He's worked for the, for like even in 1996, $6 million is nothing. He's been working for them for 30 years. Listen to Uncle Scrooge over here, Mr. Uncle Pennybags. <laughs> $6 million is nothing. Speaking after, of uh, after $6 million. <laughs> In the seventies or the or the early eighties, six million dollars could could uh, you make you make faster, the... stronger, and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then turn, years later, turn you th- into the bionic <laughs> man. Then we run out of that money, yeah. and then your joints start hurting because of the yeah, cybernetic exactly. parts are not so easily replaced. You get arthritis. <laughs> you know, the best work you can get is is being a stunt man. Yeah, but so so Jim Phelps. Won. John Green, have you ever watched the television show The Fall Guy? With Steve uh, Austin, yes, but not in not in a long time. And for when you guys first mentioned it, I got it confused with um, what was the show that had Cisco before he was on Deep Space Nine, and, which was but with I'm Robert Urich. I don't know. Robert Urich. It was another. It was not the Fall Guy. Can we take a look at the trailer or the intro to the Fall Guy? Sure. This this intro is like twenty minutes. Yeah, it's a long intro. But yes, I, worth did, watching. I did watch it a little bit when I was little. Cause, uh, you watched that pretty girl walk by. Stunts were awesome. So yeah, $6 million will get you quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but still. Even after you use it all up, you can still... You can still have a truck with, a, with a fall. <laughs> you can still have a truck with a trap door for villains. Oh, and a jetpack. That's right. There's a jetpack. Yeah. Stunts. Yeah. Um... So, so Hold on, yeah. we're still watching this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, come Can on. I talk over it? Or? Well, I mean, if you're going to talk about it. Uh, I, see. I mean, if you're going to talk about Mission Impossible. Bar fights. Ooh, baby. Ooh, hey. Yeah, Heather this. Thomas. That's right. Who's Heather Thomas? That's the lady I, in the bikini. I remember she I know was, was the lady in the bikini. I remember bikini. she was the name that everybody would say when they're talking about a hot girl, and <laughs> I never knew who it was. Has she done anything else? <laughs> I don't know. That would be a different podcast. The Tomcast? The Heather Tomcast. <laughs> Heather Tomcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you call it? <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. I mean, I'm open to suggestions of what else you could call the Heather Thomas Martin podcast. Seven minutes in, in Heather. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Each episode, seven minutes. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's an easy show to produce. <laughs> Heather, wait. I like seven minutes in Heather. Although that's could be, that could be something else. Yeah. <laughs> could be a lot of <laughs> that could be a lot of things people were thinking of in the seventies. It's like, do you think you can last? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, back okay. to your yeah. So, so, so six million dollars means nothing to you. Yeah, six million because you're independently wealthy. And so the so Max has the disc, which is a fake, and 
presumably she's already paid for it because what criminal is going to deliver the goods that they just killed people and stole without getting paid for it? So so she paid six million dollars for this. And no, then she paid like one hundred twenty five thousand. And then there was money on the back end because because uh, Ethan Hunt only says to her, list, right? "I want one hundred fifty thousand dollars." He's like, "I'll tie." She's like, "Why would I give you?" He's like, "You gave that money to Job." You gave that much to Job. So there was more money coming. Okay. But that was he only says that because I don't know if this He only says that because said. that's the money that was that was uh deposited into his family's bank account. Like that's the only numerical figure that he had when he walked in. Right. So so but she says she was giving six million dollars for this. Right. She doesn't confirm that that's how much she gave to Job. And she says, I knew you weren't Job because Job never used scripture right. in his emails. Correct. So why did Jim Phelps take the Bible from Chicago? He didn't need it. He got the, na- he got the name Job 314, like, for some reason. He's right. like, oh, I'll use something cryptic, and this will be. But he never quoted scripture. So he never needed a Bible for any other communication with this person. Yet he takes it from Chicago. He takes the one piece of evidence that finally he can, you know, blame the Gideons for for linking back to yeah, him. Sure. <laughs> and he takes that to Prague, <laughs> right? <laughs> for no reason. Like he doesn't need it for a code with 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 Max. And so 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 they know that the disc is fake, and he's like, try it, and you're going to start getting tracked. And somehow the temperature of the disc seems to indicate that it's fake or something like that. Like they're, There's some sort of a reader. There's some sort of reader that they can tell they're being tracked. So they escape, and she's like, I'll pay you $10 million if you get the entire list Instead, like both halves of the list, instead of just one half of the list, which is what I was paying uh, Jim Phelps for, and and he is like, sure, you know, the money, but what I want is is Job. I want this Job. What does knock stand for? This knock list. It's like they show it. Uh, name operation name something. Operation. I can't remember. It showed it on one of the screens. Yeah, you know what? They should have called it's it an acronym. This. You know what? A Spock list? <laughs> what no, no, were you no, going to no, say? No, no, no. <laughs> I think we're, we're getting too close to, uh, we're treading too close to Which would be, which would have been better because Spock was on the original TV show. That's I'm going I'm to I'm make a note of this for cruise control when we All get right, to that se- segment. Make a note. Continue. I'm making notes about how I'm going to <laughs> counter some of your claims. So he, he, he hires a team of which, so Claire comes back from the dead. He presumes Claire is dead. You know, you could have done some of this during the plot recap. Yeah, but you know, I would just get an angry, <laughs> angry <laughs> plot recap would have been fine. Um, Are you getting upset? And then she, no, I'm not getting upset. And you sure, you're not getting upset. <laughs> you seem upset, John. I'm fine. You seem upset. I'm fine. That's exactly how he delivers that <laughs> response. Chris, doesn't he seem upset? John seems upset. Kittrich, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah. But so he hires this team to go steal the actual list, which he doesn't even need when when he when he traps Max and Job. All right. He he at the end of the, when they're on the channel, he gives them a disc 
that they're checking, that he knows they're going to go into, t- into the tunnel before they can actually confirm. And, like, and they, so they, they break into Langley for no real reason. Here's, I have answers to these questions. It's exciting. It's very exciting. I have answers. You want answers, John? Like, it's I have answers. It's like the original TV show, even with the credit sequence that shows you clips of the movie before they happen. It's just like the TV show. But the only thing he does is he puts other people's lives in danger just to save his own ass when he could have just let Kittredge handle it all. Like I have answers. I have answers. Guys. I have answers. John, do you want answers? <laughs> yes. Do you think you're answers. entitled? <laughs> yeah. Do you want the truth? I, mean, I want the truth. We'll do that right when we come right. Wait, we'll do that right when we come right back. We'll do that right when we. Hey, can I say this the right way? We'll do uh, that. Right you? <laughs> Let me try. Bobby Bobby Boo. We'll do that <laughs> right when we come back. We interrupt John Green's ranting and raving about Mission Impossible to bring you some information that is important to everybody. Where can I hear more cruising together? You're talking about like past episodes? That is what I'm talking about. Then they should go to hatterentertainment.com slash cruising. That's the website for the show. What about future episodes? They could do that there. They could also subscribe in iTunes, where I would say people should uh, rate the show five stars and leave a comment. And if they don't know what to write, they can write real, fun, inspiring. Or impossible. Or impossible. That's a good one. Impossible is good. Going back to the website, though, people can email us through that or through the at. Or we'd love to hear from people. Just email cruisin at hatterentertainment.com. That's cruisin with no G on the end. You know, or, like the title of the show. Or just take it to social media. Tweet us. Yeah, at cruisin at show. At cruisin show. Yeah. Or at Chris underscore Jeruso. I guess I like I want people to talk to cruisin show, but yeah, they could talk to you directly. Well, I'll, I, th- I say tag all three of us. Is that what you say? Or you at mention all three of us? I think you us. at mention. Yeah, then you're left with the I think tagging way. is like Facebook. Okay. Grandpa. So, at mention Greg Sheagal. At that's Greg Sheagal. Hey, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Is your at handle. Is your Twitter yeah, handle at handle. Greg Sheagal? That's my at handle. Your at handle, my at handle, and at Cruise and Show at handle. That's a lot of characters. That's you have leave, to, yeah, <laughs> that'll leave you with about 12 characters yeah. to If you have to, to chat us cut up. it down to one, consider at Cruise and Show. Please. Anyways, also at the website, you could donate to support the show if you want to. We certainly wouldn't turn it away. Oh, no, no, no. Um, what else do we usually do during this? Well, we got. Uh, we want to tell people a little bit about uh, our guest. Oh, yeah, our guest. Yeah, it's plug time, right? Plug time. John Green. John Green is our guest. Author, cartoonist. Yeah. He's got a book coming out soon. Second in a series? Second in... A series of two, at the very least. It's an all-new sequel. Yes. To, well, the name of this book, Greg, is Teen Boat, The Race for Boatlantis. Which is the sequel to Teen Boat, which may or may not have had a subtitle, the first volume. I don't have it immediately in front of me. You don't need to know uh, what the subtitle is. You just need to know Teen Boat, and you you need to know the tagline, which is perhaps 
The greatest tagline of all. You love the tagline. Oh. The angst of being a teen. The thrill of being a boat. And I will direct people. After they've the boy transforms yeah. into a boat. After people have gotten up off the floor from the shock and awe of that tagline, I'm going to say people should go to teenboatcomics.com where the book is actually being serialized. The new pages are going up Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The book comes out September 1st. You know, Greg, I like to read it, the serialized teen boat while I eat cereal. Fantastic. So that's, that's John Green. And Teen Boat. What do you have to plug, Wait, Chris? Uh, did you mention uh, that you can see the animated trailer? I did not. But At that website? I didn't. I figured once they got to the website, they could see all this stuff. And they can see that uh, Teen Boat, the race for Boat Landis, comes out September 1st. I did, did, I just, I, did I not just say that? I thought I said that. Hey, you got to say it three times. Oh, boy. So the people remember. September 1st. September 1st. September 1st. Uh-oh, what's that in the mirror? <laughs> Don't no. September first is gonna come get us. Don't so, say it again. September first, Jeff. Oh, it's September first, Jeff. Uh, Pre-order that book at Indiebound, Barnes and Noble, or Amazon. Chris, what do you have to plug? Uh, ChrisGComics.com. G-Man. The G-Man Super Journal. G-Man Web Comics. G-Man Animation. G-Man video games. G-Man? What are you, promoting G-Man or something? Nailed it's, it. It's all there. What do you got, Greg? HatterEntertainment.com. H-A-T-T-E-R Entertainment.com. Go there. Follow links to things. Buy my book, Picks One Weirdest Weekend. If you go to the Picks comic, P-A-X-C-O-M-I-C dot com slash store and enter code CRUISIN, you'll save 15% on the paperback or the digital version or the combination Greg, is there an option for them to pay full price? Of course. There's always that option. Please. Excellent. Uh, that said, I believe I promised that at the end of uh, this break, we would get into my response to John Green's ranting and raving. So shall we get back to that? <laughs> Let's get to it. Sweet. We're back. Ready for round two. Good morning, Mr. Phelps. This is your mission, should you choose to accept it. Should you or any member of your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. Ethan Hunt will be your point man, as usual. Good luck, Jim. You don't have anything for that part of the song? Ethan Hunt! Ethan Hunt! Ethan Hunt! Ethan Hunt! Do it! Do it, that's good. Chew some gum! Chew some gum! Chew it! <laughs> Red light, green light. On a train, on a train, on a train, 
helicopter. That never even happened in the movies. What, when he was upset? No, that full makeout scene. Yeah. Oh, so we've well, never seen him very upset. Well, you're about <laughs> to find out how upset he was. Because it was a mole hunt and his name was Ethan Hunt, and it was like, well, of course he's gonna be the guy. <laughs> of course, it's me. So we left off. John had ranted and raved like a lunatic. Ranted. Yes, a lunatic. Here are my answers to why. Okay. To to some of what you were saying. So, to the Bible thing, it's very <laughs> possible that Jim Phelps needed something to read for his long flight. I mean, the movie is only like. He gets this recording that's like 30 <laughs> seconds, and then self-destructs. So then what is he going to do? He's got to read something. So he's reading the Bible. That's A. That's true. B. Very entertaining story. The, the reason I suspect Ethan Hunt goes through all the rigmarole he goes through is not to catch Max. It's not about Max for him. Yeah. It's about Job and who the mole is. And the only way to find the mole is to get the mole to come to him. Right? That's his whole premise. Yeah. So he gets Max involved to get to Job. He just wants yeah. to get to Job. He wants to clear his name and get to Job. Yeah. So if they had caught Max with the with the fake list, she wouldn't have given up Job. They still would have not known who the mole was. The entire mission was get the mole. And the reason he stole the actual list and used disavowed agents is because the mole was in the IMF, Impossible, mis- impossible Mission Force, <laughs> and they would have known whether it was a real list or a fake list, especially if the mole was Kittredge who was one of the, the suspects, according to Claire, who said, or not Claire, uh, Phelps, when Phelps returns from the dead yeah, yeah. and reveals Kittredge is the mole, it just gives you more reason to go outside the system and steal from the system to get the mole who's in the system. But see, that's, that's the thing. I thought about that, and it still comes down to him endangering everything just to save his own neck. He's not even in a life or death situation. Well, we don't know what happens when you're so disavowed like is, that. This is pre-Guantanamo. This is... Yeah, like but they, they were certainly allusions <laughs> to the CIA doing whatever the hell they wanted. This was this this entire thing, when, when it comes down to it, it's like, oh, there's this mole hunt. But it's a lot of it still doesn't make sense because it's established that three weeks prior... Dude, you got to wrap your head around the impossible, man. <laughs> Chris, are you mission, Chris? This is mission Chris, pipe down. Chris, stop talking for a second. <laughs> Chris, if you don't stop, John and I are trying to have a conversation, and you will not stop interrupting. Thank you, <laughs> John. Continue. <laughs> Just so when you when you like, I I get that that's the that's the plot. Here's why I'm not saying that's it, the plot. In. By the way, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Here's the reason I'm not interrupting. I don't understand anything that happens in this movie. <laughs> and I just watched it again yesterday. <laughs> all right. And like I'm I, I'm just I'm watching it and I'm going, I don't quite follow how all the pieces are fitting together. But I don't know if that's because I'm slow or if like John is suggesting, it doesn't actually make sense. So I'm fascinated to hear your point and counterpoint discussion. Well, that's the, that's the thing. On a plot level, 
you're completely right. Yes. The thing is, is when you when you add up the that tiny little stupid. details, the tiny little details of of logic, they don't they don't really follow through to being this this super tight, smart espionage film, because it's established that like when when Kittredge when they're having dinner in front of the fish, yeah, um, he says three weeks ago. You know, there's this huge amount of money deposited into your your uncle and mother's bank account, right, on the farm, and so we set up this mole hunt, and so from the get go, it was this trap for Phelps, and Phelps gave money or had Max transfer money one way or another for a mission in advance. Of him knowing there was going to be a mission. Because the entire mission was faked. The guy that steals the list and then the professional kills, Leon kills, yeah. was was one of their agents. Right. So the entire thing was a setup. Which means that how did Jim know that this list was going to be available and there's a mission that he can try to get money out of Max for like if if the idea is that Jim Phelps doesn't care whether or not the list gets stolen and he just wants to well, it's only frame someone list. yeah it's only half the list right. if he wants to frame someone on his team because you know subplot he thinks he's cheating with his wife one why didn't he kill his wife if, if he you know i mean he did eventually guess, yeah yeah he did eventually <laughs> i don't think that was but, a, i don't think he thought it seemed implied, at and the, the end, trailer, at the, end, the trailer yeah. would make us think that that, well, that was an actual. At the end of the I, movie, I, th- I thought the point was like, okay, this is all part of the plan. Is you, yeah, my I don't care if my wife sleeps around yeah, with Ethan was, Hunt because it's all part. Like, that's that how we can manipulate the him. Yeah, but so it's it's just it's it's all that. It's one of those things where on the surface you can say, oh well, it makes perfect sense. Like he he steals the actual list because he needs it to clear his name and draw out the real mole, which he figures out before he even gets on that train. But then he needs he the evidence. Out he needs Kittredge to see All he had to do on. was find him. Like, seriously, all he had to do was find Jim Phelps. Like, the moment Jim Phelps showed up in London, seriously, at that point, all he had to do was just apprehend him because there's no way Jim Phelps could have climbed out of the hole that he dug himself. Well, there's two things. One... He was disavowed, so how is he going to apprehend anybody? Two, ah. he wanted that evidence. He wanted that locked. Now you're e- saying Ethan Hunt is incapable. No, <laughs> he I'm, needed to I, prove. He needed to, to prove. Kittrich. To Kittrich. And Spy Agency International. <laughs> right, IMF. That he didn't do it. That he, he wasn't the mole. And yet, stealing from Langley has, like, the mission at which was he now failed look, at stealing yes. a fake list. Again, I suspect you know, that stealing that the real list. Shit list but, but stealing <laughs> the again, real list from Langley, I'm that's saying, perfectly fine. He's I'm saying stealing <laughs> the real list gets the attention of the IMF. And if the mole is somebody in the IMF, because at that point he didn't know it was Jim, then they know the, the, the real list is out there. If Job was in the IMF. If the mole was there, they would know it was legit and not a fake list. If it was a fake list, whoever the mole was would have been like, I know it's still in Langley. Nobody took it. Eh, I don't know. I, I still feel like that's 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 putting way too much risk on something that he couldn't find. I feel like you're saying that a lot of this stuff seems impossible. <laughs> 
Well, clearly it all happened, so it wasn't that impossible. That's true. I'm just saying he went through he went through a lot of effort to put other people's identities slash lives in danger to save himself when if he had let things play out, they probably would have come to the same conclusion. But they wouldn't like, have caught why Job. Does, why does why does he he already got his money? Why does he come back anyway? But the money didn't go to him. The money went to if you're saying what you're saying, the money Max went to Max already said she paid for it. Max right. said she paid for it. But that money got rerouted. Came, I don't know. <coughs> John Voigt came back. Yeah. Jim Phelps came back because uh oh, the real list has been stolen. People are gonna find out who that I'm on this list. Isn't isn't that the reason why? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think that's why. Hunt like, had got the list because like he was going to be dead. To realize, he was going like, to retire. Yeah, but he couldn't retire if okay. So now somebody's going to know who I am. I don't think, I don't that's, think uh, that's yeah maybe because he did know they had the list because Claire would have told the him list yeah because Claire yeah because Claire was in on it too like to me the, the they want they tried to intercept the list like they didn't want the list to get out in the open he figures it like right. so Ethan Hunt figures it out. Well in advance of getting onto the channel, um, and he's like, you know, I knew, you know, Phelps is like, how? When did you know? And he's like, oh, I knew well before London. I knew when I saw the Bible, you know, and it said the Drake right. Hotel. And he's like, the only reason I had to follow through all the way to end is to know if Claire was in on, on it too. Like okay. if Claire was part, right? And, and then you know, so the the thing on the train confirms that oh, Claire's a bad guy as well, right? Um, but it's still like he puts all those pieces together where she hires Krieger, Leon. Yeah. And, and he's, and he realizes that Leon was the, the guy who took the disc in the first place because he has the same exact knife. Yeah. (laughs) So, so he goes through, he says he goes through all of this at the end just to find out if. Claire was in on it. And again, it just seems like he's putting a lot of people's lives in danger and all going right. through all this I think what stuff. we need to do is put John in cruise control. <laughs> this is a story about control. Cruise. And this time I'm going to do it my way. All right, John. <laughs> In cruise control, yes, you were in control of the movie. Okay, what would you change? We go all around. <sighs> well, Tom would have to take his shirt off at some point. Naturally, why wouldn't he? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do that. Um, I well, I'd I'd make think the, one I'd of the rumors the floating around is that he wasn't in good enough shape <laughs> to take off. His yeah, shirt. yeah. So he just wore the tank top. Yeah, but but that he's was the, the lesson. Shir- John Woo came in for the second movie and said, "You got to be in shape." Yeah. But he, he actually, he was in very good shape. He was. <laughs> he ran from those fish. Like, he ran from those fish. He outran an explosion of water and fish. True. In a straight line. You'll never right. see somebody uh, out of shape pull off a stunt like that. No, not at all. So Those fish would catch him. Shirtless cruise. Shirtless cruise. I'd make, have it, having watched the entire original TV series, I would have made the stakes be something that, affected the world or people other than just the people that got themselves into this mess in the first place. Like I, I, this tends to happen in a lot of superhero shows or a lot of genres, you know, movies and stuff where these problems are all like the heroes 
are the ones that caused the problems in the first place. And the TV show, a lot, th the entire point of the Mission Impossible Forces was the they would go, or the Impossible Mission Forces, they would go and they would like leave no footprint. They would There would be like a corrupt prison somewhere and they would infiltrate it and get it shut down. And by the end, like no one ever knew they were there. No one ever knew any of this happened. And and they were making the world a better place. If they had not acted, then this corrupt prison would be there or whatever, or corrupt dictator. So if they had did done nothing, then the world would still be in bad shape. Like, it's one thing to go and save a nuclear bomb, which they've done in the other movies, or save a virus and whatnot. But in this one, all they're doing is clearing Ethan Hunt's name. The, uh -huh. And and it's... Uh, and... <laughs> And and they're they making Jim Phelps the bad guy, and he was the, he was the leader of the team on the entire show, show except for the first season. They get Ving Rhames, uh, his status. Yeah, he's that's true. He's yeah. restated, restated, reinstated. Right. So that's really what re the movie's about. Yes. Yeah, well, interesting that you bring up the Jim Phelps from the TV show thing. My old boss was I Peter was, Graves. No, that would be great. Yes, he was an airplane. <laughs> uh, my old boss when I was working at uh, Marvel Comics. That's his biggest problem with the movie was that yeah. they made Jim Phelps the bad guy, and he thought that was a. You talking bad about film. Tom Brevoort? That's who I'm talking about. You're talking about. He was in Mission the Impossible. The top Tom. Yeah, I am talking <laughs> about top the top Tom. Tom. Uh, <laughs> what would I change? What would you change? I would want more Emilio Estevez. Although I know you need to get rid of him to bring in yeah. Luther, but I like I like seeing Tom Cruise and Emilio together again after their turn in The Outsiders. Did they do anything else together? I don't believe so. It? We'll find out as we keep watching. But it was nice to see those guys back in, in good form, yeah. goofing on Jim Phelps. Hey, what kind of fancy hotel were you at? Yeah. <laughs> Can we get an espresso machine? Wait, right. let me check my Bible. That's right. Uh, oh, here it is. The Drake Hotel in Chicago. And then... Uh, Damn, Gideons. I thought, outside of Tom Cruise, Kittredge was awesome. I want more Kittredge. Did he? Did he show up in? I can't any remember. Of the other movies? I look I mean, forward I, to the other movies to see if he's in them because he was. Like we all, in the other movies, we so only intense. heard the voice on the phone. I don't think we saw the guy in person. We'll find out so when I we watch Mission Impossible Two. Or not? But that's what I would change. Very small things, and maybe I would have replaced the woman playing Claire with a different French lady. Maybe the French lady was from that Pulp Fiction. Emmanuel Bert. Bert. Yeah, Bert I might have. I might have thrown in the lady from Pulp Fiction who says, "Whose motorcycle is this?" <laughs> Chris, uh, instead of my cruise control, yeah. Point is, instead of calling it the knock list, they should have called it the spy list, <laughs> and I would have been a lot more understanding what's happening in yeah. this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't know what was on the list. What would spy list stand for? A um, list of spies. No, but it's got knock stood for something. Name, occupation. Critter. Well, sp the spy would stand for what spy <laughs> normally stands for. I think it's for. like a yeah. it's like a stat list. <laughs> that's right for D and D, Dungeons and Dragons, Chris. Yeah, that's what role playing game from the seventies, eighties, and today. You no, know, I heard about that. I heard that just like made people go crazy and kill each yeah. other. Yeah, satanic. True? Yeah, I think Rituals. Tom Hanks was in a movie about that. Yeah, that's why the Burbs. <laughs> yeah, the Burbs. <laughs> it's all about the, the scourge of Dungeons and Dragons on the suburbs. <laughs> Isn't that the movie he killed? He killed one of the extras. During yeah. the filming of that movie, and they covered. I think it he up. killed three of them. Three? Yeah. 
Three extras. I thought it was just one. No, just three. No, this, it was, it we was really like should save this for. Row. We should really should. The, they shot the same scene three times, like, and they had to get a new extra each time. And Tom Hanks just kept killing the extra that was. We should really save this for Hanks a lot. Our other <laughs> Tom Hanks podcast. Yeah. Our other Tom Hanks podcast. Yeah, our other one. What's yeah. the first one called? Hank, Hanks for the memories. <laughs> is is that another Tomcast? Yeah, it's another. There's a lot of Tomcasts. <laughs> yeah. So many Tomcasts. Tom Berenger has one too. <laughs> but that's he hosts it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Chris? So it's change it to the spy list. Spy list. The spy list. A list <laughs> of spies. All right. So that's uh that's cruise control. All right. We're not allowed to talk about the other other Mission Impossible movies though. I mean you can talk about them, but we will interrupt you. Okay. Well, I, I was just going to say that... Do you want to rank them? I'll let you rank them. The fourth one is the best. The, and then second Ghost best? Pro, Ghost Protocol. Um, that's a tough call because I did, watch, I did watch them all again fairly recently. Rank them. But I still can't remember anything that happens in the third one, except that Tom Cruise is like on his own and Simon Pegg is in it. Rank them. <sighs> I would kind of have to reluctantly say the fourth one is the only good one. And then why then are the you reluctant one, to admit that? Then He's going 4-1. Four, 4-1 one. Four, one, three, 3-2 maybe. 3-2. Consider those ranked. I think I feel like the second one I disliked a lot more when I that, that was the last one that I saw in the theater. Hey, I'm and just the saying 3 and 4 I didn't and 4 I saw them, before 3. Consider them ranked. <laughs> we will rank them as we watch them. I'm one, not two, at liberty three, to rank at this point. One, two, three, four. You gotta, you gotta maintain your. I gotta maintain your for now. Yeah, for the time being. Okay. Shall we do some top toms? Sure. Chris, are you okay with doing some top toms? Yep. All right. I'm gonna go. So top toms, as we all know. Is where we discuss our top Tom Cruise moments in the movie. I would like to go last. Okay. On this round, who would like to go first? Chris. The gum. The gum. At Red the light, end. green light. <laughs> um, what's his face? Gives him the gum in the beginning. Emilio Estevez Emilio plays Estevez. Jack, and so I believe that this is the movie that establishes the storytelling rule. If you introduce a gum in Act One, <laughs> then the gum has to go off You're by right. Act Three. You are 100 percent right. It goes off right. twice, and it does go off. It goes off twice because he used it right. on the fish. But who is who? Yeah, and so that's classic. Classic. If there's gum, if you introduce the gum, the gum has to go off. I feel like he needed to say red light, green light to Kittredge though too. Like he should have said the line both times. Well, <laughs> he's on that train at the end. It is going. What is 180 very miles fast. an hour? Very yes. fast. You can barely hang on to this thing. They're flipping back and forth all it's over almost, the place. Yeah. It's almost In like the it would be impossible. In tunnel that has room for two trains and a helicopter. Well, yeah, of course. At the same time. So then, naturally, when he finally does use the gum on that helicopter, he says, oh, I'm going to say it. i got to say <laughs> I've it. it. I've been holding on to this line. <laughs> Jim, Jim, uh, what's Jim his Phelps. Phelps. Jim Phelps, Phelps needs to hear me say this, who wasn't even in the room. When Emilio Estevez gave me this gum. Right. So Jim Phelps is like, why is he red light, green, red light, light? green what light? What is he even talking about? Yeah. 
And uh, the guy, the pilot there. Krieger. Krieger. He's like, also, like, they both react as if, like, they know what he's saying. Like, does. what's going on? No. Maybe, it may, you know what? Maybe it's a very common gum. It might be special IMF gum. <laughs> maybe it's like Mentadent. That's it might be table. like Mentadent. Very good. And, uh, you know, maybe this, maybe I should have inserted this into the previous cruise control segment. Yes, please insert. But I, I feel like. Should when, we reopen cruise control? Yeah. All right, let me go through that. Wait, cruise control is closed. This is a story about control. Cruise. All right. So when Jim Phelps resurfaces, and I think this happens after the spy list has been recovered. Yeah. And then he sh- and he shows up, and they're having their they're talking back and forth. Tom doesn't let on that he knows who he is. Tom should have said, uh, "Hey, Phelps, your breath." Stinks. <laughs> have some gum. Here, have a have a slice of gum. You know, have it's it like, like you've in been in a river. Yeah, but have it like in a full pack of like juicy fruit, like real or like big red because half of it was red, yeah. and ha- and then offer it to him like you know with the one the way you force a draw with like a deck of cards when you do a magic trick. Of course, and he you know he could do magic. He could do sleight of hand with That's a right. disc. That was established. I feel like that might be somebody <laughs> else's top time. Keep going. Um, and then. So then Jim Phelps would just like chew on that gum and then his head would explode. Then he wouldn't Game be able over. to prove. No, see, you're going in the same path John did about the <laughs> proving the proof. Let's get out of cruise control and back into top town. I think just capturing him would have been proof enough. So in conclusion, I liked the, the, the idea that this was the first time we'd ever seen established a gum in the first scene. And now it's like famous. Yeah, yeah. If you if you introduce a gum in the first scene, in the first act, you have to the gum has to go off. Perfect. Well done, Christopher. Thank you, John Green. Um, Top Tom. I, I, well, first I want to say I, I don't know if this is necessarily the Top Tom, but having rewatched. No, no it's your movie, Top Tom. My, your well, personal. Yeah. Well, TT. I don't know. I don't know if this is this is it. But when rewatching the movie after having not seen it in at least like ten years, in the very beginning, when they're doing this this uh, uh, covert trying to get information out of some Russian guy, and Tom Cruise is in the uh, in the horrible makeup to make him look like an old Russian dude. And then he walks in after getting the info, and he pulls the mask off, revealing his face. Yeah, he looked so young. Yeah. He looked like a baby. <laughs> he was man. like a little Tom Cruise baby. I haven't seen that. In so, I haven't, <laughs> like when I saw this movie, like Tom Cruise was probably older than me. You know, probably at the time when I like his character was older than yeah. I was when I watched it. And now I'm watching this and now I'm older than Tom Cruise was at the time that this was filmed. And it's like, how is this guy old enough to be a spy? <laughs> like He just looked like this little kid. It's almost like it's impossible. It was yeah. it's impossible. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I like that watch, you know, just watching it. That was funny. Um, but as, as for the his actual top tom moment i'd say the part where he sees the sweat on his glasses when they're in langley and it's and his face is like three inches from the floor right his face is three inches from the floor and there's sweat coming down his glasses and the floor is you know pressure sensitive so like even a drop of water will set set off the alarms and it shows in slow motion how he manages his arms are out to his side like you know like a swan dive or whatever and he manages to move his arm in a way <laughs> that he bends it under his head 
without within those three inches of space between his arm and the floor. The, the listeners are really missing out on yeah, all the gestures. Yeah, I know. It's very that, visual. That John Green is performing I'm trying, right now. I'm trying to do it. There's no way. Like, your elbow or something would touch the floor. That's impossible. Look at this. Look but he pulled did. it off. Look what he I just did. Off. But, see, but you don't have a floor John has three a point. inches in front of you. John's correct. How about this? Like, but he no, catch, I'm just he talking catches about the, the drop cinematography. palm up. He yeah. only could do he, that if he it was palm down. Watch this. But that's not what this shows you. Like, the camera actually shows what hey, happens. Check this out. Greg has arm. just proven me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did that. I can't hold my hand like that. I just assumed nobody could, but I mean, Greg, Greg is he proved me wrong. Greg, it's almost is impossible. So there's a lot of things that could what be a top tom. Uh, yeah. There, that entire close. vault scene is awesome where he's just flipping around on the on the – on the on harness, the, the yes, on the harness. Certainly, when he's on top of that train, on the and he's the being flung bars. around. Yes, he takes his tie off, just lets it whip the jacket and tie whip through the wind. Oh, when he's the old senator, I like that part old too. Senator's when he's the old senator's good. Old senator on TV, and he's like Ross Perot. Every time go back into a cruise control segment very quickly. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> Come on, man. This is a story about <laughs> control. Cruise. All right, the jacket flies off, the tie whips off. Okay, uh-huh. he should go back into the train and start just grabbing suitcases and just like <laughs> Flinging pummeling John Voight. Jim the, Phelps for Jim crying Phelps. out loud. Uh, yeah, but he should have just kept doing that until he knocked him off the train. Well, whatever. This was okay, also like... Out of cruise control. This this was... This was like John Voight's uh, John Travolta Pulp Fiction moment. Where like he hadn't he hadn't been in a hit film or anything for like decades or whatever. Save that for your John Voight podcast. Okay, <laughs> what's that one called? I don't know. I gotta think about that one. <laughs> Something with Voight, obviously. Well, did you have a favorite Voight moment in this? Midnight Cowboy. Is it time for Top Johns? Can I just do my Top Tom? Yes. For crying out loud! It's like I've been demoted from co-host to co-host. Well, you're the newest member of the show. Okay, so there's a lot of pretty awesome Tom Cruise moments in this when he when he breaks the the light bulb, shatters on the floor. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. But I'm gonna let Tom Cruise himself. Oh, that light bulb! The, the that light bulb never knew what hit it. <laughs> I'm gonna true. let Tom Cruise himself tell you my top Tom. Oh it's my. been my top Tom for a long time. I don't think it'll surprise anybody who's been listening to this show. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset. Um. That's my top Tom. How about that? That's that's the line, man. Kittredge, you've never seen. It's got both of my two characters that I like. It's building, it's building, it's building. And then Kittredge does a whole long speech about Kittredge, it. But then, yeah, Kittredge does his whole speech. He says... He says, yes, I have. I've seen you upset several times. And I can, that's how I know that you're upset right now. You have brought it, cajoled, and killed. And you have done it using loyalties on the inside. You want to shake hands with the devil that's fine with me. I just want to make sure that you do it in hell. Do it in hell. That's what happens after he says, you've never seen me very upset. It's a great scene. <laughs> and then he breaks that fish tank and runs through the fish. Yeah. And very, that was a that was a little odd. Possibly even well, I guess that guy was an agent. Uh, you know the the waiter, like because oh, yeah, everybody, everybody was an agent. Yeah, 
Sweet. And despite all those IMF agents at the Prague, at the embassy or whatever, they still let that entire team get killed. <laughs> yeah. Because they needed to know who like, the mole was. Well, the, the mole will be the only one who doesn't get killed. Well, yeah. Nobody, nobody Despite knew. Despite the fact that no one was killing them, like they're like, shouldn't the mole? Let me see this. How great would it have been if the mole was an actual mole, like from Kim Possible, like or yeah, or wind in the willows, or wind in the willows. You know, Mister Toad and his wild ride. <laughs> that sort Which of thing. Which did end up in hell, right? I don't remember. At I least the Disney ride yeah. went to hell. Chris, you ever been to Disney? Never. World or land? No, uh, the one in California. Land. That's land. But I didn't that's go any rides or anything. I think I just okay. went to the Lego store. What? <laughs> you so went wait, to Disneyland was... to go to a Lego store? Well, that's I, I had dinner. John Green, you might have been there. <laughs> okay. What, ALA and... Uh, wait, no. I've only been to one ALA. In Anaheim. No, John was in Chicago. I was in Chicago at the Drake Hotel. Oh. Were you at the Drake Hotel? With the Gideons. Lord. He stamped it. Yeah. <laughs> I checked the Bible. It was Jim Phelps is right. He should have known. Should have known. What the hell, Phelps? What is your top You're better John? at this. In in wait, in, in this life? movement or no, in no. my life? The top moment in the movie, the top John John Voigt moment. Top my John top Voigt. John Voigt moment is that episode of Seinfeld where George gets that convertible that used to belong to John Cra- Voigt. He bites Kramer on the arm. Does he bite Kramer on the arm? Yeah. He was a little standoffish. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. I just remember he has the, the John Voigt's, uh, the convertible that belonged to John Voigt, but it yeah. turns out it was spelled differently. Right. Twist. But Kramer saw, ah. Kramer happened to see the real John Voigt. Oh. And then he goes in, he wants to go talk to him to find out if he owned this car. So then he puts his, he puts his arm, he's leaning on the window. He, put, he leans his arm on the window and John Voigt grabs his arm and bites it <laughs> because uh, he thinks that this is some maniac. Yeah. And John Voigt responds in kind. <laughs> and then they match up the bite marks with the pencil. Because there, cause was there a pencil found? There was a the pencil found in the car that had bite marks on it. And so they had a dentist look at them and said, no, this is not the same person who bit the arm and pencil. Thank you. We'll see you all again. Sleep tight. <laughs> <laughs>